Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, Joshua chapter 6, and today's title is Trust the Lord's Plan. Even when it's weird, (laughs) even when it's odd, even when it makes no sense, trust the Lord's plan because the end result is the same. You want victory, God wants victory, and so just because he does it different, doesn't matter. Victory is victory, right? We're going to get into that in just a moment because we get to see the first city fall to the plan of God in just a moment. Before we do that, as always, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to this video. Make sure you're leaving us a comment on the on the YouTubes, letting us know how this is interacting with you, how this is happening. You know, Tell us what we can do better. We would love to know how we can enrich your time with God every day. Also, if you are doing the podcast thing, make sure that you are letting us know how you're interacting with this as well. You can do that on the Bible Breakdown discussion. Just start a new comment and just tell us, what can we do better? What do we need to do more of? What do you love about this? We want to create a community where we can grow in the Lord together. And so that means just getting a little bit better every single day. As you can tell, I'm, I'm always trying different stuff. I've got my mic in a little different place. So hopefully it sounds a little bit better. I got all this stuff going on and we just want to make sure that we are providing you something so that you can connect with God every single day, such as today. Today, what we're going to find is the nation of Israel has started their journey. And so I want you to start your journey to get your NLT Bible open <laughs> to Joshua chapter 6, get your cup of coffee ready, because we're going to dive into this, because this is it. This is the first leg of the journey. Now, it's not going to be the last one, but you got to start somewhere. And when they were crossing over the Jordan, the first city that they they knew they were going to come to was Jericho. And they're getting ready to go in there, and they're getting ready to take over. And they went and they did the pain thing that yesterday in the last chapter, and it's about time for all these good things to happen. And so this is going to be one of those that's going to start the process of stretching us to realize that the nation of Israel, multiple things are happening. And that's one of the things I think that's really interesting about the promises of God, because over the course of Joshua, we realize God's promises are not just a get-out-of-jail-free card that we just put down and walk away from, but the promises of God, a good way to see this It's God's open doors and God's help as we take the next step, because this is going to be a fulfillment of God's promises, but it's going to be hard. They're going to have to go to battle, and multiple things are happening at the same time. God is giving the nation of Israel the promised land. He's also bringing judgment on a nation or on a city that has done horrible things for hundreds of years, and so multiple things are happening at the same time. And what I think is even more interesting as we read this is God's battle strategy is just interesting, to say the least. And so I'm curious, as we do this together, like how would you have looked at what God told them to do? Because it's very different, but the end of the result is still the same. God gets the victory. So let's jump into this, and let's just read and enjoy this together. Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 says this, Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go in or out. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. 
On the seventh day, you were to march around the town seven times with the priest blowing the horns. When you hear the priest give a long blast with the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people will charge straight into town. Now, can you imagine Joshua going back to his fighting men, going, okay, Josh, what we got? I'll tell you what we're going to do. Okay, we're going to march around the city. Okay, and then we're going to take it. No, no, no. We're going to march around the city. Then we're going to go home. Okay. All right, day two. Okay, Joshua, we're going to do on day two. We're going to march around the city. All right, and then we're going to, then we're going to go home. Okay. You know by day three, they're going, now, Josh, listen, I, I know you're getting low. I know you're nervous. This is our first battle on this side. No, 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 no. Just, just trust me. Just trust me. Day four, day five. I wonder if at this point, you know, Josh is looking up to God going, God, you better, you better do something. And then can you imagine day seven? I've had enough. <laughs> I have just had enough. No, guys, don't worry. We're not going to march around the city one time. Okay, good. We're going to march around the city seven times. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but they do. And they're getting, and when they do that, they're going to shout and they're going, then what we're going to do? God's going to let the walls collapse. Um, okay. I don't know if that's going to happen. And what I, what I would love is if he would say, you see that pile of rocks over there? Remember that pile of rocks came from the bottom of the Jordan River because we walked on dry ground? If God can do that, God can do this. I wonder if that's one of the reasons why he had them put up there. But you imagine, what an odd strategy. But it's genius if you think about it because this young nation, they probably didn't have a whole lot of provisions, right? And the only other thing they could have done with this massive wall would have been to lay siege. And the way you lay siege to a town is you stop anything coming in, anything going out, and you basically starve people until they're willing to come out. It's a horrible way to do things because people will starve to death before giving in. And it also, you have to be well supplied on the outside to do that. God didn't want to do either one of these. And so this is the better way to do this. So let's see what happens. Verse 6. So Joshua called together the priests and said, Hey guys, take up the ark of the Lord's covenant and assign seven priests to walk in front of it each man carrying a ram's horn. Then he gave the orders to the people. March around the town, and the armed men will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. After Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with ram's horns started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horns as they marched. The ark of the Lord's covenant followed behind them. Some of the armed men marched in front of the priests with the horns, and some behind the ark, with the priests continually blowing the horns. Do not shout, do not even talk, Joshua commanded. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout. Then, lose your mind, <laughs> then shout. So the ark of the Lord was carried around the town once a day. And then everyone returned and spent the night in the camp. Joshua got up early the next morning and the priests again carried the ark of the Lord. The seven priests with the ram's, ram's horns marched in front of the ark of the Lord, blowing their horns. Again, the armed men marched both in front of the priests with the horns and behind the ark of the Lord. All this time, the priests were blowing their horns. On the second day, again, they marched around the town once and returned to the camp. They followed this pattern for six days. Now, the other thing, by the way, you imagine, too, the psychological warfare that's going on. Because as this is probably happening, I'm thinking, if I'm Jericho, I'm going, Okay, they're, they're up to something. Some, something is going on. And so they go from being super confident to not so sure. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. All right, here we go. Verse 15. 
On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before. But this time, they went around the town seven times. The seventh time around, as the priests sounded the long blast of their horns, Joshua commanded the people, Lose your minds! <laughs> Shout! For the Lord has given you the, given you the town. Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed as the as an offering to the Lord. Only Rahab, the prostitute, and the others in her house will be spared, for she protected our spies. Now, can you imagine real quick on that one? Hey, only Rahab. You know Rahab, the prostitute Rahab. You know, she's like, oh, Lord, <laughs> bringing that up. Hey, okay, look, you're going to live, so just own it for a moment. Use a prostitute, but you're going to be a prostitute no more. We're going to save you today. And then, of course, also, that would be the moment when she probably locked herself in her house because now everybody's looking at her going, you did what? (laughs) Bye, guys. (laughs) Verse 18, do not take any of the things set apart for destruction or you yourselves will be destroyed and you will bring trouble on the camp of Israel. Everything made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron is sacred to the Lord and must be brought into his treasury. When the people heard the sounds of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly, the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. They completely destroyed everything in it with their swords, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, goats, and donkeys. Meanwhile, Joshua said to the two spies, keep your promise, go to the prostitute's house, once again, the old prostitute's house, and bring her out along with her family. The men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, mother, brothers, and all of the other relatives who were with her. They moved her whole family to a safe place near the camp of Israel. Then the Israelites burned the town and everything in it. Only things, the only things, only the things made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron were kept for the treasury of the Lord's house. So Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute and her relatives who were with her in the house. Because she had hidden the spies, Joshua sent to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. At that time, Joshua invoked this curse. May the curse of the Lord fall on anyone who tries to rebuild the town of Jericho at the cost of his firstborn son. He will lay its foundations. At the cost of his youngest son, he will set up its gates. Verse 27, so the Lord was with Joshua and his reputation spread throughout the land. So I love what's going on here. Now, remember we talked about back in chapter one that it was it seems horrible to our generation that God would give these people a command to go in and to slaughter everyone, everyone. But we told you in week one, or or chapter one of Joshua, and I would encourage you to go back and listen to that, that there are four reasons why we can realize that this was just. Just to give a couple of them to you really quickly. Number one is the reason why they would kill the women as well as the men is because they were equally as guilty. And so God's like, it's not just the men that are guilty, but it's also the women that are guilty as well. And then why was they, why were they guilty? Well, the Bible says that one of the reasons why it took 400 years was because the iniquity of the people and the area had not yet risen to the level of justice. One of the things that they would do is they were very heavily involved in paganistic worship. The chief god they would worship was one called Molech. And Molech, a way to worship them is you would put your children in Molech, the, the, the idol, it was it looked like an oven, and you would burn them to death. And Plutarch, 
an ancient historian said that they would bang the drums loudly so that the parents wouldn't hear their children scream. These are the kind of people <laughs> that lived in Jericho. And so, you know, a, a lot of atheists will say, well, if God is so good, why does he let bad things happen? Well, God is now taking care of bad things and we get mad at him again, right? So like, pick, pick your heart, right? And so it's not good. It's not nice. At the same time, there is justice that is happening. And there's all kinds of other things as well. So I would encourage you to go back to chapter one, where we really took time and talked about this. And I love also there where it says that God kept his promise to Rahab. And that is that if you'll do this, I will take care of you. And we realize that, you know, back in chapter two, we hear about the story of Rahab and we learn through God's word that Rahab actually became a Jewish believer. She married into uh, the tribe of Judah and later that is where Jesus will be born. So she is the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus. So it's amazing how God brings things around. So let's finish this up and say this. I don't know if I were going to do a military strategy if I would have encouraged the nation of Israel to do it this way, I would have told them you can't do a siege because you don't have the, the, the provisions. What you really need is to get past that wall. <laughs> if you can find a way to get past that wall, you got a chance. You also need, need to make these guys afraid. If you can do psychological warfare and you can get rid of that wall, you got a chance. Well, how are we going to do that? No idea. <laughs> you know what? God had an idea and he did it in a way they probably didn't expect but at the end of the day, he did what only he can do. And you know what I've learned in my life is that often God's plan for my life is not what I would expect. And many times it's not what I would have chosen, but it always turns out to be the very best thing that I need. And so the bottom line for us is trust the Lord. If we're doing the very best we can with what we have, God always leads us in the right direction. And so even if you don't understand it, it doesn't make sense. We trust the Lord and he always leads us in the right direction. Let's pray together today. Father, thank you so much that you are just and that you are good and you always lead us in the right direction. Lord, I'll be honest with you and say many times you do things I wouldn't have chosen, things I didn't like, things I didn't understand. It's only afterward when I look back, I go, oh, now I get it. I pray, Lord, that you will do that in our lives today. Lord, then we look at our life, we look back and go, wow, I would have never done it that way, but it turns out that was the best way. And that will give us the hope and the confidence to see our lives today and say that if you were trustworthy then, you'll be trustworthy now. And I'm thankful for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This is my prayer for you. That at the end of your journey, just like Joshua, you will say as he said in Joshua 21, 45, that when he looked back, he said not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true. No matter what happens in your life, God is for you. God will lead you and he will never fail you. That's my prayer for you. I will see you tomorrow for Joshua chapter seven. Mm-hmm.